what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville, your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is head of the business department at CVCC. Hello, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Looking forward to another great show. Well, that's very good. Are you uh, enjoying your, your, fall, your fall? I am. But I'm looking forward to the holidays. You know, I'm the sort of person who uh, I love the fall. You know, I get to the end of the summer. I'm looking forward to cool weather. I'm looking forward to football. Three days of cold weather. It's like enough of this. Where's the spring? Yeah. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a long winter. Well, that's the same way I am. I love the holidays, but I don't like cold weather. Okay. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, news and notes that have crossed our desk. Our topic for today, today you know, we're, we're taping this in mid-late November, before Thanksgiving, and, and we'll probably be posting it in early December. So this sort of serves as our holiday show, and we certainly wish all of our listeners the best business success during the holidays, and the holiday period is uh, very important to a lot of small businesses. But uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different today, and we're going to talk about business lessons from the movies, uh, because you know, during the holidays, you might be sitting around with those relatives, and after 15 minutes, what do you have to talk about? You know, you've sort of caught up in everything, and you've got some that, that awkward, quiet time. You'll probably want to go out and rent a movie or download a movie or whatever you do with movies these days, and we've got some, some good ideas for you to be looking at that uh, may be a little bit obscure, but to give you some business lessons, since we are about small business and entrepreneurship. So we're going to talk about business lessons from the movies today, and then we'll end up with our uh, business of the month segment. Let's start with uh, some news and notes from our desk. There was an article that I saw this week in the New York Times. Uh, It was an interesting article about, it was an interview with a fellow named Adio Resi, uh, who's a serial entrepreneur who has founded several tech companies. And in 2009, he started something called the Founder Institute, which is an incubator and entrepreneurial program, which is now operating in 60 different cities. And he claims that he has uh, a 90% success rate with people that come through his program for actually getting up and starting businesses. And and if you look at statistics, often 90% of new businesses actually fail. So it was a pretty interesting article, and a couple of key elements that he talked about were that he only works with folks that are in pre-startup mode, don't actually have a business up and running. He chooses his applicants. They have to go through an application process, but a big part of it is going through and doing a personality test. And uh, it was a pretty interesting article. And and, uh, one of the key elements they look for in personality is – Openness, what he calls openness, uh, and and uh, I don't know. I, I showed you the article, Gary. What were your what did you what did you take away from it? What was interesting to you? Well, I thought it was a really interesting article and concept of taking, like, say, the pre-startup folks that weren't already in business for a while, to kind of try and help shape them. Like, say, he looked at their personality, and the key thing he was looking for was being open-minded. And you know what? That makes a lot of sense because. A lot of folks, whether they're in business or starting, have this tunnel vision of where they're trying to go. And you really have to be open 
to what other ideas might be out there. You know, we talk about being myopic in class sometimes, but you know, it's really if you're just focusing on your idea and not seeing what's going on around you, you're going to miss opportunities or miss the challenges that you should be uh, focusing on. Uh, I, I guess what, what he says, a uh, you know, quote from the article, and it's really a Q&A session uh, with Mr. Ressi, and he says that uh, we find that openness coordinates very well with successful entrepreneurs. The more open-minded you are, the more you see the world as it actually is. The more closed-minded, the more you see the world as you want it to be. An open-minded person running a business might catch a problem faster than a closed-minded person. And when they identify a problem, they can fix it much faster. So yeah, this, this, this guy seems like he's had some success. He says that he's had 1,000 companies start up uh, through this program. Yeah, so I found that to be pretty interesting. And uh, you know, he, he says that he has a 90% success rate with folks that have gone through the program. And for, you, know, you, you and I work with students and in education. That's, uh, that's quite an impressive number. It is. I think he's really trying to focus on getting to the people that really have uh, the concept but more importantly, are open to getting help from other folks. And I think that's important. It's kind of like not having the rose-colored glasses where you ask your friends and family if your idea is really good. They're going to try to to be kind to you, whereas sometimes you might need that straightforward advice on which way you should be going. Well, we, he now has this, uh, this organization, which he calls the Founder Institute, up and running in 60 different cities across the world, not just in the United States. And... Uh, uh, if you're interested in it, the article was in the November 13th edition of the New York Times and uh, the Founder Institute, Adio Resi is the guy's name. So it's an interesting article. Check it out if you're interested. So with that said, uh, the main topic that we're going to be talking about today, which we really think will be some fun, is called Business Lessons from the Movies. And we're very pleased to have a guest with us. Uh, Alan Jackson. Alan is co-founder of the Mesh Network, which produces this podcast and many other podcasts. So does that mean I'm your boss? Technically, for at least this hour, is that the case? Maybe not for this hour, but maybe outside of this hour, because (laughs) I'm I'm the host. Oh, that's true. You are kind of the boss for this little recording. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We're changing the script. Okay, all right. You you, you don't even give me a chance to give you a proper introduction. I think this is going to be a fun show. So... (laughs) Uh, you can see a lot more about podcasts for The Mesh if you go to www.themesh.tv. And Alan is also, he's not here because he is our boss outside of the podcast. He's here because he's also co-founder of the Foot Candles Film Society, which is a nonprofit group that brings interesting and critically acclaimed movies to uh, our area here in Hickory, North Carolina, which don't generally make it to our local multiplex. That's right. So Alan's uh, sort of a, a connoisseur of film, and we're glad that you could join us today. Hey, I'm I'm really excited. Thanks for thanks for asking me to be a part of this. You guys say you're going to talk about movies and uh, relation of movies and business, and that gets me excited thinking about it. So I had a lot of fun kind of putting together some some notes on this. So we we will just say that we didn't have to twist your arm to be on today. Absolutely podcast. not, not a bit. So looking forward to it. So the guidelines that we have is uh, we, we're talking about business lessons from the movies. They don't have to necessarily be business movies, although they could be. And and uh, we've really not compared notes before the podcast. We just said let's pull our list together, and and uh, each of us will pull two or three. Uh, movies together and we'll talk a little bit about them and talk about what business lesson we, we got from them so so alan you are our guest so we're mm-hmm. going to let you uh you go first and tell us about a movie that uh that gave you a nice business lesson that you enjoyed well let me uh, 
Let me give these three in kind of a, a, a preferred order if I can. So this one's not one of my favorite movies, but I think I think the lesson in it is really good. And I actually, it's probably a very lesser known film too. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. It's a film called In Good Company. Have either of you seen that? Uh, it's Dennis Quaid. And uh, I forget the name of the young man, uh, Topher Grace. Uh, this was just from maybe five or six years ago. And it was a fairly recent film. But all right, listen to the summary of the film here. And just tell me uh, if you can see probably what the lessons you might get out of this are. Uh, Dan is a 51-year-old executive who learns that his company is being restructured and he is being demoted. And Carter is a 26-year-old hotshot who comes in and basically becomes his boss. So now Dan has uh, two teenage daughters and a wife is expecting another. He decides to suck it up and have to work for Carter, the younger the younger guy. Now, there's a few other little twists and turns in the movie having to do with Carter, the young guy, starting a relationship with Dan's daughter, which obviously complicates things a little bit. It's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it, it was, it's a nice, simple movie. Definitely worth, worth checking out. The lesson, though, that I, I got from it um, that I think is really interesting, you've got this idea of uh, this, this older gentleman, uh, been in the workforce for probably 30-plus years, kind of really set in his ways. Young hotshot comes in, and of course, it's, he's the social media guy. He's tweeting everything. He's, he's all over the place on, online. There's a clash. There's a lot of uh, difference of opinions and how things ought to work. And this, uh, this guy is now finding himself having to report to a younger guy. But by the end of the film, what you've really learned is that the younger guy, there was a lot he needed to learn from his old, even though he may have that older guy reporting to him, I think he f- figures out he can actually use that guy as a mentor. And they actually develop a really good relationship by the end of the film. Sorry, don't mean to spoil the ending. But um, it does work out to be a pretty good relationship for the two in the end. And uh, I think it has a lot to say about using people with different years of experience than maybe we have ourselves. I think a lot of, a lot of startups, you know, you, you get out there and you think, I know all this stuff. I mean, I've got a fresh new idea. I'm the only one who really understands this. Anybody beyond me in age isn't going to get it. And I just think that's a ridiculous way to look at it. There's a lot you can learn from people with other tracks of experience from you, whether it be age, whether it be industry, whether it be anything else. Uh, I'm a big advocate of seeking out people to act as mentors and advisors and giving you advice on stuff. And I think this film does a, it does a pretty good job of helping spotlight the need for that. I think it's times. a great lesson learned. Yeah. The older learning from the younger manager and vice versa. And, yeah. It's and not, I'm sure they were going at each other from the, at the beginning, but absolutely. hopefully they learned to appreciate each other. Well, and I even can relate it a little bit to my father relationship is with me as well as we work together here in this, in, in our company. And, uh, of course, you know, he's got some years of experience on me and, uh, it's one of those things where you, over years you realize how valuable that experience is and that different perspective on things and that you can't discount it just because of technology or just because of how things are, uh, you know, in the business world today. I mean, there's, there's all this experience you need to glean from and use and all of it's valuable. So, you know, and, it, and it's interesting in that, uh, in these days, um, uh, you, you know the, the the mentor arrangement. Uh, you know, the, the the older person is used to being the mentor to the younger person. But with all the new technology that's coming to the <laughs> workplace these days, often some of the younger folks uh, are more up to tune and uh, up to speed with it, and uh, have to assist some of the older workers in understanding 
how they can use uh, social media and various things. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And I am, I am a big uh, Dennis Quaid fan. I oh, like, good. I, I well, like, you probably would like this movie. I then. like Dennis Quaid. I've, I, I've enjoyed him in, in many different movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm envious in that he seems to be aging incredibly gracefully. He and, uh, does have that down pat somehow. I yeah. don't know how that's working out for him. But uh, no, it's just it's a good movie. It's, it's not a great movie. It's not one of those you're going to watch and just be blown away by or anything. It's a very simple, low-key movie. But I do think message. the whole – I think the message of learning from one another's generations and, and, and not just in business, but, I mean, he learned a lot from Dan in just his life and just how to be a, a good human being. And I think there's some, some good stuff there. All right. Well, I'm going to throw one out to you guys then. And, and I suspect that you've heard this, and I, and I did pick it because, you know, when we looked at our demographics, we know that 42.5% of our listeners are, are female, and I wanted to give them something that <laughs> well, they sure. might enjoy as well. You got to play to your demographics. Exactly. Yes. So mm-hmm. the movie, the first movie that I chose is a movie that I suspect you guys have heard. You've got mail from. It was done in 1998 mm-hmm. by Nora Ephron. Had Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in it, and Tom Hanks plays his character Joe Fox, whose family owns the the Fox bookstore mega chain, and they're going to put their big Fox bookstore in the Upper West Side of New York and. Uh, poor little Meg Ryan is the owner of a of, of a family, little family, independent bookstore called Shop Around the Corner. And the movie ultimately uh, plays to the romance between Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. But but underneath that is sort of the the conflict of how does the independent store compete against the big mega chain out there? Mm-hmm. And you know, spoiler alert: unfortunately, things from a business perspective don't go that well for for Meg Ryan's independent store and and you sort of watch her grapple with how she's going to compete against this big store but it it just reminds me of the battles that our independent retailers have out there every day when they're competing against the big box stores uh, that uh, can bring in lots of products sell it really cheap Uh, and you know from from a business lesson perspective Trying to understand uh, what the strengths of your independent store are, how they compare against some of the big box chains, and really trying to uh, find the right niche to uh, compete against those guys. It's hard, but mm-hmm. it's enough. they got to find an edge or they will get swallowed up. Yeah. Well, you know, I, remember, I remember the thing about that movie is the clientele that Meg Ryan had for her store was very passionate. I mean, they were heart broken when they thought that the store was going to close both of them yes yeah, right yeah I'll do, I'll do them but um but you know you didn't see that type of emotion from the clientele at the big box store so i think that was something that they knew they had to play on and uh i think that's something a lot of small businesses are having to find themselves really really playing up is customer service and uh, kind of that culture within the within the company as opposed to just churning out products um, relationships and loyalty yeah absolutely well you know and, and, and to me somewhat of the irony there is you know if you if you look out there today it's what it, at what is happening to the big mega bookstore chains they're getting swallowed up or not swallowed up they're getting run off by Amazon which has totally turned the the book business on its head and uh, you know, Borders is no more, and you know, we, we wish the best for Barnes & Noble, but they have a they <laughs> the have days a are numbered, I think. Yeah, a tough fight for them as well. It's, I actually think it's going to be interesting in that I almost predict that these big box stores are going to be not just in books, but in a lot of other forms of media. I mean, record stores we've already seen go, go the way of the dodo. 
Uh, bookstores are probably not far behind and other types of uh, big box stores like that. You know, it does give an opportunity for some of the smaller boutique stores that can really play up a certain experience to probably thrive a little bit more, I mm-hmm. think. But there again, you got to find a niche. you got to find something that's very unique, something that really people can relate to. Uh, and if you think you're just going to set up a small business and promise to have a good selection of books and get them to you quickly when you want them, well... Uh, there's other places to do that. You got to find something a little better. Yeah. You got to find something a little, little stronger and more unique than that. So good point. Yeah. All right, Gary, what, uh, what, what do you bring to the table here? Well, since you guys talked on a couple of business movies, uh, and business ideas, I'm going to pick wall street. Both both wall street are things that I enjoy. I use them in classes and I force my, uh, wife to watch them multiple times and of course with Michael Douglas and some of the other stars of the movies she'll actually watch them and then at the end she'll go wow it was a pretty good movie after all money never sleeps uh, what's the lesson do you think we learn from Wall Street uh, Gr- greed is good greed is good greed is good <laughs> <laughs> or, or a crime well, pay <laughs> greed is good is the theme for the first one from Gordon Gecko and Michael Douglas and of course he starts in his book in the second one is so is greed good or is mm-hmm. greed good? Mm-hmm. Because he did spend several years in jail and came out a little bit different person. But in some ways, you don't change either. <laughs> so I and, – and we won't spoil anything for, for the people listening at home. I actually have not seen the second one. So I'm curious. You know, I, I, I know the first one extremely well. And, I mean, yeah, the whole greed is good is, uh, is what people remember. But at the same time, it's uh, – you know, at the end, I think we learned that it's not all. You know, it's not always good. No, exactly. <laughs> it can be taken to a certain and, extreme. You know, it ties into from a business perspective, obviously ethics and being tempted. And yeah. I think no matter where you are, or when you are in your career, there are going to be those opportunities that you have to choose which way you're going to go. Yeah. And hopefully, all of us or most of us will choose a different way than Michael Douglas did or Charlie Sheen. The second one is a little bit different because yeah. there's a little bit more of a, a love story and family story to it. Hmm. Interesting. Which attracted my wife more, which was good. Yeah. But it still had some good underlying themes to it. I, I think I saw the second. I, I, I'm very familiar with the first one and, and have also enjoyed quoting Gordon Gecko yeah. uh, in, in numerous times. I think he's one of the more uh, memorable characters uh, from, from business movies, or probably any movies. I guess he won the Academy, Michael Douglas won the Academy Award for that particular role. I very, think he did, yeah. Very juicy role to, to play. And I think I've seen the second one on cable, you know, when you're sort of multitasking in front of the TV. And mm-hmm. so I, I did see it and, and it wasn't, wasn't the same, but it was interesting. It was interesting. It was such a good character that, uh, you know, how could, how could Michael Douglas resist the opportunity to play him again? Exactly. And I'd say it probably isn't as strong mm-hmm. from a business perspective or the impact, but he does a really good job and it comes to a nice conclusion. Well, you know how it's amazing to me how many people I've met in years past that quote Gordon Gecko or, or say that he's a role model for them in business. I think, really? Um, you know, I mean, that's I not think something some, I want to tell people. Yeah, certain, certain <laughs> aspects, maybe, I think, but I, you could have driven say and determined. The but, determination, the aggressiveness, the uh, being very strong individual. Yeah, absolutely. Good traits to carry. You just, you know, you got to know where to keep the balance. Yeah, though, exactly. So. <laughs> the second one, I actually use it in my classes because it, does a really good job, even though it's Hollywood, of taking people through 2008, 2009, and the financial crisis. Oh, names really? So are it was very timely topic. So it was okay. very, very good from that perspective. Very and nice. when you're trying to talk the concepts and say this is where we were five years ago, yeah, 
it's really a good movie to uh, follow from that perspective. And, of course, because it's got Hollywood in it, it's a little bit yeah. more interesting than the real story was. Okay, mm-hmm. great. All right, Alan, give us, a, give us another one. Well, let me go for my, my big major pick here. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it may be a little cliche if you talk about kind of a movie that has to do with business lessons and all. But Jerry Maguire, to me, is one of my absolute favorite movies. Love it. I've actually got a list of probably 10 business lessons you could get. I'm only going to mention two or three of them because I don't want to drone on too long about this. But, you know, it's just a great movie top to bottom. I really admire it. But some of the things from it, I mean, you start off right away. You've got this character, Jerry, and he's working for this high-powered, fast-paced sports agency. And, you know, it's kind of a rat race. I mean, it's kind of just you go after the money, you go after the deals, you can stab people in the back. It's very ruthless. And he just got tired of it. And he just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't want to be in this rat race anymore. He put out his mission statement, which I still think is just classic. I mean, you know, somebody puts up a huge document and nails it to the door of a, before a conference the next morning. And uh, needless to say, he didn't was not well received by his boss and the rest of his company. Well, actually, he sort of woke up in a cold sweat and tried to retrieve. He, them, he did. I? Exactly. I think he realized, <laughs> what did I just do? And uh, I think we've all had little glimpses of little moments like that. Maybe not that quite that extreme, but just where we say, you know what? I just, I feel very passionate about something or I don't like what I'm seeing or what I'm doing. I want to change it up. So the whole idea of the mission statement, I mean, I would not advocate anybody go out and nail a, a mission statement to the, to the door of your boss's office or anything, but you know, if you've got something you really feel passionate about and you stand up for, I think there's something to be said for it. Now, this one, <laughs> Rod Tidwell is uh, one of his his uh, football players that he represents. He's an agent four, played by uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. And he's got the little catchphrase, show me the money. And that's kind of a funny thing about how the pro sports guy, he's all about the money most of the movie. But, you know, if you think about it, it's actually – I kind of like that in a way because it does remind us. I mean, business is – it is making money. I mean, I hate being – so concrete about it with that, but uh, the ability to go and say that, yes, I do need to be paid for the services that I render. I do have a certain value to what I give. That's what these sports guys are saying. It's like, I have a price tag on me. I am worth something. You need to pay me what I'm worth. I know as entrepreneurs, we, we tend to give away a lot of, a lot of things and just to get in the door and get started stuff going. But I hope people don't sell themselves short and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go just really cheap just to get the work when what you're providing is really of high value. You need to make sure you're getting paid for what it is you do. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. So we go out there and we want to show people what we can do and help mm-hmm. them. But we have a tendency to uh, undersell. Well, yeah. And I think the value, I, I think the nice guys, and I think all three of us are probably pretty nice guys around this table here. You know, I'm sure there's some resistance sometimes to want to charge people the full price for things, or charge them the top dollar for the work. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, our work has quality, our work has value. And, and, and too many times I've seen entrepreneurs sell themselves really short just to get the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be the easy win to get the cheap project, but maybe you got to hold out and actually go after the stuff that's really up at the level of quality that you're able to provide. Well, so, particularly because there are only so many hours in the day. Yeah, and well, that's right. Yeah. And, and, keep, and you see it more often on startups where to get that first job, you know, sometimes you sometimes you might – Discount your work to get a good review, to get a good reference, to to get it to, to get it rolling. But uh, yes, it's a dangerous game because once you establish that pricing, sometimes it's hard to get it back up to a, 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 a the loftier That's levels. right. right. That's yeah. right. I actually can even say in one of our businesses years ago, um, 
you know, we were kind of getting started. We did a lot of freebie work. We did a lot of really cheap rate work. It was still good quality work, but we kind of set ourselves a little bit in a situation where people expected that's our pricing. And it's really hard to say, well, that was just our first year pricing. And really, our real pricing is here. That is just it's an uncomfortable thing. So sometimes you got to bite the bullet and say, this is what my work is worth. And this is what I'm going to charge. And it may not be for everybody, but this is what I do. Um, well, I, I think a truism in pricing is it's a lot easier to lower your prices than it is to raise your prices. That's very true. your prices get start, uh, established, it's, it's hard to get that price increase. Not impossible, but it's just tough. Yeah. So. And my last little lesson from Jerry Maguire, again, I've got like a dozen of them, but these are the three I'll, I'll, I'll leave everybody with. So Jerry has a mentor that you only see in some flashbacks just once in a while during the movie. His name's Dickie Fox. He was Jerry's mentor. And occasionally Jerry will have a little callback to just something old Dickie told him once before. And my favorite line in the movie is uh, Mr. Fox saying, hey, I don't have all the answers. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. I'm like, pure and simple. There you go. I learned from my failures just as much as I learned from my successes. But in the end, it's still more important who I am as a person. So that's, you know, kind of a nice little mantra. It's and I think it, it's the overall message of the movie, of course, as you watch the whole movie. But but I think the whole failures and successes, we, we forget sometimes that, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to learn from those failures. That's what actually makes us a lot stronger in the end. So Well, you know, that would almost be a good thing to end this podcast on. It's a very nice sentiment, Al. Yeah. But we still have more to go. That's so fine. We're gonna, we're gonna well, I've got going. a third one that I think we ought to end the podcast okay. on. I'm sorry. All right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to share another one of mine. Okay. A movie a little more obscure. Maybe, uh, you know, Alan's, Alan's pretty movie-centric, so he might be aware of it. I'm, you know, I don't know if you would, Gary. It's called Tin Men. Mm-hmm. It was done by Barry Levinson. Uh, it was, came out in the late 1980s. It was about salesmen selling aluminum siding in Baltimore in the early 1960s, and it starred Richard Dreyfus and Danny DeVito and Barbara Hershey. And these guys had these crazy scam sales pitches where they would go out and sell aluminum siding and Danny DeVito and Richard Dreyfus worked for two different companies and they had like a little personal issue and that starts to escalate and I found it to be a, a, a movie that really combined some very funny humorous things with some some fairly serious things because Danny DeVito's character is going through some difficult times and is sort mm-hmm. of on a on a bad spiral and uh, you know, Richard Dreyfus is, is sort of going in the other direction. And, and during all this, uh, uh, there are investigations being done by the, the city government on the illegal practices of these sales practices of these companies. And, and they're just doing these, these crazy scams, like they're pretending to work for Life magazine. And they go to a, a woman and say, well, we'd like for your house to be in our Life magazine as the house that doesn't have aluminum siding and doesn't look very good. And we're going to have it. <laughs> and we're going to have uh, another picture of the, awesome. the house that looks uh, good with aluminum, aluminum siding. And, of course, the, the lady of the house says, wait, I'd like to be the, the one in the Life magazine that has the aluminum siding. Can I get it? And they say, well, well I guess we could do that. I don't know. And they <laughs> sell the aluminum siding. And, and to me, the business lesson that came out of this was the, the value of a, of a good salesperson. And I've worked in companies where you know, you've got salespeople that can just go out there, build relationships. They can sell the, the ice to the Eskimos. They just have the ability to sell. And if you have that ability, you will work in this economy or any economy. If you can generate the sales, you, you will um, 
uh, stay same. busy. Mm-hmm. And and I remember at the end of the movie, there, uh, Danny DeVito's down in his luck, and and uh, we keep seeing these these shiny new Volkswagen Beetles driving around Baltimore. I guess the Beetle is just coming out, and Richard Dreyfuss is saying, "Man, I think I could sell some of those." And you know, and Danny DeVito's uh, saying, "Yeah, yeah." You know, uh, I know I could. Let's let's go do it. And, and Richard Drivers looks at him and says, "Look at you! Uh, you don't even have a pot to piss in. You're like on down mm-hmm. on your luck." And mm-hmm. he looks at him and says, "You give me a pot, I'll fill it up." And, and, <laughs> and that just just That's makes great. me think of the sales attitude of I'm going to go out and get the sale, you know, and, and yeah. make it happen. Once a salesman, always so, a salesman. So anyway, good movie. If you haven't seen it, I think you would like it. I agree. It's a good movie. A lot of fun. And, and, there's a few movies out there that really focus on that whole idea of sales and, and play it pretty pretty straight. I mean, play the idea of a salesperson's role pretty honestly. I think that's one of those. Have you guys ever seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? I have not seen it. I'm familiar with him. It's always been on my list of, okay. of movies to see. And I and I like there's the one line of uh, the, the we're going to have a sales contest. The first person gets a trip. The second person gets a set of knives. And the third, third place is you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically it's, and that that I would not take any business lessons from that movie. So I was not going to bring I was this. Say, is that the lesson? No, there's no <laughs> lessons from it. It's uh, but the only thing that they you know it's it's, it's sales guys trying to sell uh, timeshares, I believe. And, uh, you know, they're given a stack of leads and it's just like they value the leads. It's like they want a fresh set of leads. Why aren't they giving us the new leads type of thing? And uh, they bring in a, uh, a consultant to come in and try to motivate the guys and say, you know, you got to be selling. It's like ABS, always be selling. Anyway, it's, it's not a movie that you ought to pattern your business practices off of at all. But uh, I have a niece doing timeshare selling now. Should yeah. she watch that movie? Um, no, she no. should not. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not, and it's not an indictment of timeshare sales. It's just this type of business that's a very shady run business right. uh, and the way they intimidate their salespeople and really push everything for just the sales. Not quite very opposite Not the of what, value what of Jeff the is describing in providing, but, but uh, yeah, but there are some interesting movies out there about the, the art of selling. And I think it's uh, it's always fascinating to see how those are depicted on on the screen. Well, I mean, I'm not going to necessarily recommend that you you use the selling techniques used in Tin Man. I think they might have become illegal sometime in the 1960s. But it's a very entertaining. Movie. It was the passion of selling, I think, and very the knowledge much. of the, I got to be selling stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's neat. Exactly. All right, Gary, give us one. Well, I'm a sports enthusiast, as you both know. And so a couple of movies that I've thought about, and I'm going to start with just one. Uh, Remember the Titans? Oh, yeah. With Denzel Washington. Of course, that helps for me when I'm watching movies at home that my wife is always happy to watch those type of movies. So too. I see how it's worked out in your house, Gary. So as long as you, you see a movie that's got an attractive lead, lead male yes. actor, I, you can watch pretty I'm, much anything. That is exactly right. I, it took me a while to learn that, but okay, I've learned good, that very Good lesson well. learned. Yes. Yeah. And she hates football. But she does love Remember the Titans. All right, very nice. And it does have great leadership concepts and team the drive. Building. Team building. Mm-hmm. Team building. Uh, you know, going, starting with, you know, you think about being a black coach in 1970s, yeah. uh, coming in and replacing the heir apparent uh, at a very successful football power. Mm-hmm. And he had to go through a lot of different things. And he, he did a lot of things very well. He ran in a lot of challenges because sometimes maybe it was a little bit too hard. But at the end, they learned working together, the team, as well as the coaches. And obviously, it was a success story on many different levels. Very memorable movie. Oh, yeah. Very good movie. 
All right, Alan, we're going to give you the last shot. Well, mine is, and this is more of a comical one, but honestly, I, I tried to push myself and say, you know what, Alan, try to pick a movie that would not on the surface at all seem like it would have any business messages whatsoever and see if you could pull one out of there. So I think I've succeeded. I'll let you guys be the judge of that. So Weekend at Bernie's is all about uh, two young individuals that work at a business, and I think they're in the accounting department or so, and they find some errors in the books that obviously are probably the result of some sort of corporate cover-up by the executives at the business. They bring it to their boss, Bernie's attention. Uh, Bernie decides that those two guys must get killed because they can't go to the, the, uh, the feds with this kind of information. So he plans to have them knocked off. Because, uh, because Bernie has some, some guilt associated with whatever they've found, I'm assuming. Yes, Bernie is, has some responsibility yes. for the mistake that they found. And yes. so, but unfortunately, they get to Bernie's place, and Bernie's the one that is now dead. So to keep themselves from actually getting uh, hunted down by the hitmen that Bernie had hired, they decide to make it appear that Bernie is still alive while this whole weekend is going on. Now, the business lessons from this, <laughs> I did reach a little bit, but I think I got some. The idea of trying to take a dead guy and make him appear to be alive for an weekend for your own self-preservation is a pretty wild and crazy idea. But, you know, these two guys, they worked together. They had a goal and a mission in mind. They said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. It's a crazy idea. You would have told anybody in the world your idea, and they would have said, that is absolutely nuts. You can never do that. But they actually pulled it off to some degree, and they actually got a sequel out of it. <laughs> so, That's right. So, you know, I mean, they actually pulled something together, and it was a crazy idea, and a lot of people <laughs> would have told them it was nuts to even try it. Uh, granted, their lives were on the line, so they had to be a little creative with it. But – uh you know, I, I take it from it as, you know, sometimes even the craziest ideas are still worth exploring to see what you got to do to when you're in a situation or when you've got an idea you want to get out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't involve dead bodies, but, you know, so be it if it does. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good movie. I think you're I think you're making, uh, you know, some reach with your with your a little. You think it's a little reach? It's a little because, reach. <laughs> because, because the way I recall Weekend at Bernie's, the, their motivations were more. We have this really cool place in the Hamptons on the beach that we can stay at. We need to keep. Uh, it was keep that way at first. I'll admit it. alive. I'll admit that's kind of how I remember. There, but I like your turn. Alcohol and, and scantily clad ladies hopping way. around, and that was more their incentive than, than anything else. But that's well, just my. I'm, then maybe it was just them shooting for really high goals that they had and a, a perfect vision of where they wanted to be that weekend, and they made it happen. So they had a plan. <laughs> yeah, it was a reach. I'll admit it was okay. a perfect. Creating reach. a plan yeah, along on the fly. I, I really thought you might go office space there yeah. no no no, so, no i i there are some interesting things to learn from office space but okay. uh, uh i i decided with my main two choices uh ones that are a little universal office space gets very specific with its business lessons yeah. so well, i, I which I'm, I'm a fan of office space and I, we yeah. won't we won't go into that i, I always yeah. liked having the two consultants bob and bob and yes you know, they, they, i always i always found that one to be a pretty good movie so so you basically just take this <laughs> and give it to this other person that's all right. you do <laughs> those engineers are just not good at communicating you, you just don't understand alan come on oh that's a very quotable movie too, yes so. very much so yeah all right. Well, some very good uh, movie titles for you to be thinking about over the holiday seasons. We've got In Good Company, You've Got Mail, Wall Street 1 and 2, Jerry Maguire, Remember the Titans, 
Weekend at Bernie's. You don't have to watch Weekend at Bernie's. That Weekend way. at Bernie's is good. If you, you know, I got to say, don't watch Weekend at Bernie's too. I think, oh, I, no, I no, think it, I, the quality did take a dip in I, the, the sequel. I'll yeah, admit. I, I think I tried that for about ten minutes, and that was that was not ten minutes well spent. Sometimes you just can't recapture movie magic, you know. So as much as you try, so true, so true. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to end uh, our podcast by talking about our businesses of the month and where we each. Uh, have the opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about a business that we've run across and, and uh, give them a little plug and share what we what we find interesting about it. Gary, uh, why don't you start with uh, your small business, or doesn't necessarily have to be small. What's your business this month? Okay, the company I'd like to highlight is Unreal Candies, which was featured on CNBC a few weeks ago. It caught my eye and ear because it was started by a teenager, Nick Broner, who loves candy, and of course his father doesn't love the junk that's associated with it. A few years ago, Bronner said, after Halloween, when my dad kept taking my candy away and saying it's bad for me, I figured maybe there's something I can do to change this. So at just 13, Bronner was determined to be the next Willy Wonka with a twist. Oh, wow. He was going to make it different, uh, good-tasting candy, uh, but with better ingredients. Interesting. And he hooked up with uh, Chef Adam Milanis, who worked at three-star Michelin restaurant El Bulli. They offer five different products that are the healthier version of M&M's, peanut M&M's, Snickers, Milky Way, and peanut butter cups, which are all my favorites. Mm -hmm. And they're available in 15 retail outlets, including Target, Wegman, Amazon. So they're big time for a very small teenage company. So he started the idea when he was 13? Yep. Wow. Healthier candy. Healthier candy. Very nice. And, and what's the name of the company again? It's called Unreal Candies. Unreal the, Candies. The people that have been investing in it and are supporting it from different directions are Bill Gates, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Jillian Michaels. She's it's like a, a fitness person, a fitness right? Person. Okay, well, that's that's kind of a ringing endorsement then, mm-hmm. I guess. They're, they're supporting it monetarily or they're just uh, eating it? Or, some, or, no, or some are investors and some are supporting it. Okay. Uh, Right. From a promotion standpoint. Well, and uh, hey, it's holiday time, so if you uh, want to give healthier treats, that uh, could be a way to go. You can look it up on the CNBC website for mm-hmm. more information. All right. Alan, what do you, what do you uh, have to share Well, with mine may be a little different. I, 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 I wanted to bring up a – try to find a company, a little local company, and maybe I'll have some I can send to you guys later for one of your future episodes you guys can read out or something. But I, I just – there's a company that I've started using. It's an online company. Uh, I'm going to say it's small just because I think it's a fairly slim operation right now. And it is a free service and it is in beta. So that kind of tells you that it's still kind of in the early stages of the game. But I actually wanted to bring it up not only because I think it's an interesting business, but I also think for entrepreneurs or people listening to the show would actually find value in this site itself as a service. Uh, The name of the site is SumAll. It's S-U-M-A-L-L dot com. What some all does, and it's just it's perfect for a dashboard geek like me where I love being able to pull up data and metrics and look at things on a screen and just see it in real time, see what's happening and trending and everything else. So many times, you know, we're doing email blast with our email uh, marketing tools. We're doing uh, Google stuff trying to get people to hit our website. We're doing Facebook. We're doing LinkedIn. We're doing all these social media online things. But we never really know how one is affecting the other. In other words, if I put a post on my Facebook page for my business, is that truly driving traffic to my website? If I send out an email blast, what is really the impact on my other networks that I'm tracking and doing stuff with? 
What Sumall allows you to do is go in for a free account, you set it up, and you connect all these different platforms together. And I mean, there's tons of them you can connect. It's uh, I'm, I'm pulling it up here because I need to remember some of these. You know, you can connect Facebook, you can connect MailChimp, which does email marketing. You can connect uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, WordPress, Google Analytics, Amazon. If you do sh- uh, selling anything on Amazon, you can connect it mm-hmm. and actually see when a Facebook post immediately triggers sales on your Amazon site, for example. eBay does the same thing like that. Um, Constant Contact. All these different companies that you can connect together if you've got accounts. And what it does is every time you go to the website and you log in, you get a dashboard where you can pick and choose what you want to be viewing on your chart at one time. So I want to see my Facebook likes. I want to see my website hits. And I want to see my um, email opens of my email newsletter all on one chart. And it shows you if there's peaks and valleys, you can see how they're kind of affecting one another. Now, would I pay for a service like this? I don't know. I, it, it's got to still flesh out some more things. I got to get a little more used to it. But for a free service right now, I mean, it's kind of hard to beat. So I actually end up visiting here at least once a day just to check and see my various websites and mm-hmm. other social media platforms, how it's working. I don't know what their revenue model is going to be in the future. I don't know if they're going to sell advertising on this. I don't know if they're going to charge memberships. But I know right now it's that whole idea of give it away free and then hopefully be able to charge more for it later. We'll see if that works out. But I just think it's a fascinating service for free, and it is a fairly recent new startup business. Uh, I think the guy who started it was involved with some other big tech company online service. I don't remember offhand what it was. I'll need to go back to my notes and see. So I think he left that service and now has gone and started a new one, and this is it. So I just think it's an interesting service to check out. Absolutely. And that was at uh, www.sum, S-U-M? Yes. Some all? Some all. S-U-M-A-L-L.com. Again, free service. If you use a lot of social media to promote your business or you're tracking your website stuff, you can get all that connected together in a real nice, easy-to-view way. Okay. Yep. Well, I got to tell you guys, I struggled a bit to come up with a small business this month, and I just sort of – it was one of those months where I, I didn't come across anything, so I was sort of banging my head last night trying to say, what am I going to talk about today? And the, the company that I'd like to highlight is a company called Party Peddler in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I know this. Which is, uh, <laughs> it's a um, company that does tours of Charlotte, and they've built these trolleys. They're, they're sort of trolleys that... Uh, bicycles are mounted to or pedals are mounted to and you sit in these pedals and you sort of pedal it as you go to different places in charlotte i say different places they really go to breweries pubs where you get to enjoy the uh home brews of of charlotte they do tours of uptown charlotte they do tours of noda and and i know about this because of my dedication to the entrepreneur exchange i did participate okay. in a party peddler well, event you kind of have to right you, i mean you, you got to practice what you're going to talk about that's right here, so. you know, since, now since, were you able to pedal as the tour got toward the end i was able to pedal i i did not volunteer to drive home we actually uh, had uh, designated drivers so to you make drew sure the line. that we got home and and we did that properly so uh, but we had a group of about 12 people that were all on this trolley, and, and this is a company in Charlotte, North Carolina called Party Peddler. And if you want a corporate outing, if you want a night out with friends, uh, you can find them at www.partypeddler.com. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's probably more fun for those of our listeners that enjoy beer, uh, but uh, 
Uh, Still an interesting concept, or a fun concept. Well, they have a fun time doing it. Well, that's what I was going to say, is they, they found a way to take several things and blend them together. I mean, the whole idea of getting a tour around the city, enjoying some nice brew, uh, and having a little bit of a social activity and make it kind of a fun game in a way with the pedaling. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You're looking for a non-traditional Christmas party in the Charlotte area. <laughs> you know, dress warmly, sing Christmas carols, have a great evening. Yeah, could, could there you fun. go. Are you that's, doing? Is that your marketing idea for them? Uh, you know, and that's a freebie. It would work. That's a freebie. Yeah, I think they probably figured that one out. But if you have any uh, suggestions for the business of the month, please send them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we use your uh, uh, business of the month, you will be provided with an Entrepreneur Exchange gift pack with all sorts of fabulous gifts. So, so uh, get your get your suggestions. I'm looking at one of these gift packs right here on the table. It's it's impressive. I yeah, mean, it's uh, a it's a nice package you got the guys got there well, to give know, out. We appreciate. It. <laughs> well, we put a lot of effort into it. I can since, tell. Since, <laughs> since you reminded us that you're you're the boss of this operation, you'll you know when you get the uh, the expense uh, form for that one, uh, don't 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 yell at us, okay? <laughs> I'll so, try to keep that in mind. All right. So, yeah. Well, we, we appreciate uh, Alan joining us today. Thank oh, you very sure. much. No, thanks, thanks for inviting me. Great. Really, I always, always love talking, talking about these topics. So, right. Anytime. Well, we wish uh, our listeners uh, the best for the holidays, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Have a good one. Happy holidays. Bye. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.